current crew, I want to give a quick shout out to all of our content producers out there. If you're a person that is passionate about creating content around cryptocurrency, blockchain, fintech, and just helping people understand everything that's going on in this space, then I'm talking to you. We would love if you would become a cryptocurrent contributor. If you go to our website, we have a form that you can fill out so you can start to share some of the amazing content that you are creating with our audience. So please sign up today and we look forward to working with you soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent, your host here, Richard Carthon. Today, I got a special one for you. We got someone all the way out in Berkeley, California, working on a protocol that you've probably heard about, but I'm excited to dive deeper into. We have Dorgabosh, who is the head of ecosystem over at Mina Foundation, uh, who works with the Mina Protocol. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, just a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday. We had rain all week here, but today's Nice and shiny, and you can see all the fresh, you know, the kind of a smell of freshness in the air. And yeah, and I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. Um, appreciate you being here. Before we go dive into all of the amazing things Mina's up to, let's first learn a little bit more about you. Can you give us a little background on yourself? I'd love to. Well, you know, um, first of all, this is my second career, okay, in my, in my 20s. 20s, early 30s, I was actually a, a, a photographer. I had a photography studio in Tel Aviv and did a lot of media productions and creative work, you know, commercial fashion and, and whatever you name it. And then I did a little career pivot, went into technology, finished my PhD, working on uh, collective intelligence and collaboration in large organizations. And after that, uh, I worked in some some uh, blockchain companies like uh, I was head of product for DAOStack, which was one of the pioneers of uh, for managing and deploying DAOs on Ethereum. After that, I transitioned to be a head of governance in uh, for Cardano uh, for IOHK, uh, where uh, I was basically the one of the people who were driving a project catalyst, which is, I think I can I can call it the largest decentralized innovation fund in the blockchain space. You know, it's like we had more than fifty thousand active uh, voters and funded well more than a thousand projects, governed several billions of uh, ADA worth, like you know, dollars worth of tokens, and you know, and and like you know, kind of grew in a very short time. And uh, yeah, and a few months ago, I joined um, Mina Foundation as their head of ecosystem. Wow. Now that is the robust background. And there's a lot that we're going to go back and unpack a little bit later in this conversation. But I do want to start with this initial question, because there are a lot of people who are building in this Web3 space who are entrepreneurs, who are builders. And there are a lot of people who are aspiring to potentially you know, break into this space. For all of those who are going through the transition of potentially changing careers or looking into something like what, what advice or what compelled you to just go for it and to not just go for it. Like you went and got a whole PhD, like you went deep into this. Like, what would you tell those people? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great question. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, um, you know, I can only share my, my personal story, which I think is a lot about, 
being able to take inventory, you know, once in a while, I, I would recommend people every every five years, take inventory about your life. You know, are you happy with your career? You feel fulfilled? You know, are you, uh, is this something you want to continue to do for the next five years? You know, and, and give yourself that opportunity to, to really reflect and like kind of like have, have the courage to, to do, to, to, to pivot and change and don't be, don't be judgmental, right? Like, you know, the person you were when you were like 20 or 25 or 30 is like different people, you know, and, and if you do things right, you're, you change through life, you know, your preferences change because you, you grow and you learn. So, uh, you know, don't, don't play defense, right? Right. Play, play offense in your life. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I I think that no, that, that's great. I really think that is a really good piece of advice. Like, like you said, uh, take an inventory. I recently did that, uh, myself, uh, and made some goals and five years later, just, uh, coincidental, um, kind of did the same thing. So, um, but getting back into all the amazing things that you are doing now doing in a web three space, you have a robust experience across a ton of different ecosystems. What made you want to join the MENA foundation? And now what has you fired up about all the things that MENA has going on? Oh, definitely. Okay. So I'm, um, I'm an innovator. Okay, my passion is my passion is to um, inspire people to to create and build new things and explore. So I'm I'm naturally really really attracted to the edges of the tech. You know, like things that are like right at the at the forefront. You know, that are like there's kind of a Goldilocks zone, right? Like somewhere between. You know, you don't want to go too far. Like some kind of really abstract math that's like maybe in 15 years become applicable, you know, and you also don't want to be where everybody's already built and you, you're just optimizing. And so I think kind of Mina for me, like really sits in this Goldilocks where, you know, the zero knowledge is such a, an amazing domain and there's so much innovation going on and it's hardly explored. And I think that that was really compelling for me, right? The opportunity to help, help the, the builder community and MENA really explore the potential of this technology. And so I think that for me was like the main one, but also just, you know, I also just like the, I really like the people, I really like the vision. I felt I, it was intuitively, okay, from just like talking to the people uh, that, and uh, it was very clear, it's a very human-centric blockchain. Okay, that, like it's, I, I really, I think there's a really compelling vision for uh, for governance and fairness and and a sense of like that it's a grassroots blockchain. Okay, so uh, which is always something like you know I think also like Cardano and Ethereum like also share that you know that 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 feeling of what we're doing is a bit bigger than just like making money, making profits or any, or, or being an opportunist, but there's like a larger global vision behind, behind what we're doing. And I'm, I'm always into, it's always really appealing for me. Yeah. And, and, and thanks for explaining that. So you, you like to be at the forefront of different technology and, and what's on the edge and you, you brought up, um, zero knowledge. So, uh, Mina's building the privacy and security layer for web three, um, the world's lightest blockchain powered by participants using zero knowledge technology, uh, creating infrastructure for secure democratic future. We all deserve. So expand on that. So 
at the core, what is it around zero knowledge that that Mina is really trying to bring to the forefront and, and innovate? Uh, yes, so that, so it goes in three three buckets. Okay, uh, one is privacy. Okay, so zero knowledge, what it enables you is basically to to prove you know something, but without revealing the details of it. Okay, so for example, I can I can using this technology, I can say prove I'm. My age is over 18, okay, like in order to get like a driver's license, but I don't have to disclose my exact age. I can just prove that I'm over 18 or like I can prove that I'm like uh, eligible for a loan, you know, that I can, I'm good for the loan, but I don't need to, as you know, with now is, you know, I think everybody renting a house, like renting a house, maybe have a similar experience that you sometimes need to photocopy like your bank transactions and like all sorts of, all sorts of like a lot of information private information you have to share with landlords or whatever, you know, like, so that technology can actually give you a verifiable proof that, that you're, you're good, but without having to disclose that information. So it's, it's way more beyond, like, I, I'm really happy to even talk more about privacy later, but, and, but I would say that's like, for me, probably the main focus of what's going to happen uh, what's happening right now and next year with with Mina, like the enabling of privacy preserving applications we call ZK apps. And the second one, and I think this is what's more known about zero knowledge is scalability. Okay, so a lot of a lot of layer ones now are, are trying to build scalability based on zero knowledge technology just to like you know improve like how much transactions and like how much how much how much capacity does the network have to to process things and the third is uh, succinctness so um one of the most powerful thing that that Mina managed to to prove to the world is you can actually take the, this technology and take, make it very practical if you if you take the I'll give, I'll give you the example of succinctness, okay? So if you take, you look at uh, Ethereum and you want to validate that this whole blockchain is actually valid, that's like hundreds of gigabytes of data that you need to download uh, and go through and validate in order to prove that the network is sound. With Mina, it's 22 kilobytes, okay? 22 kilobytes is something that you can, you can, you know, it's your pocket watch, you know, your calculator probably can hold like 22 kilobytes of information. Right. Uh, so it's great, you know, it's, it's uh, democratizing, you know, the, 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 the running of, of the blockchain in a way that was unparalleled and just the proof of that we're really, really scraping the surface of, of zero knowledge as a technology. That's really cool. And I think those are three really important points. Uh, security is always going to be massively important. Uh, one of the biggest things in a lot of these protocols and ecosystems have been uh, hacks and scammers and other ways that people, unfortunately, have been um, getting exposed and, and losing money. Um, and, and security always will be at the forefront as people in these situations are ultimately responsible for uh, what's occurring. And then you, the next piece of it, like you're saying, with the scalability piece of it, um, with what 
y'all have uh, going on with the, the Z gaps. Um, those really sound interesting. And um, I believe y'all have a lot on the roadmap for what's going on there. And the, like you said, how small it is like that still blows my mind is that the whole blockchain can be put on 22 kilobytes. That is tiny. That is extremely tiny. Um, of course, we could get into the whole how and why, but what I want to spend time on is, is, is now that you have like these three core components, um, I mean, it's been around for a while, been building out a ton of different things. What have been some of the big um, milestones that you think occurred this year? And what do you think people should be excited for headed into 2023? Hey, everyone. Just wanted to let you know about all of the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join cryptocurrency Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube to get this content. Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Steven on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. Yeah, I think so. This year, the you know the risk of the mainnet was the thing. You know, I think I think it's like you know a lot of people can talk a big talk about zero knowledge, but Mina is walking the walk and shows like, oh wow, oh wow, we actually have in production mainnet running. You know, implementation of zero knowledge that translates into this uh, you know this, this this small efficient blockchain, and that's like really really like you know kind of like putting the stake in the ground. And I think now. Now we're in a period where we're like leveraging that and growing the ecosystem beyond with uh, this, this, this bringing ZK apps to life. And here, I think the most exciting thing coming out is um, we have a, a TypeScript library called Snarky.js. This has been a project that been, you know, been worked on for a really long time. It's extremely exciting because you know, unlike uh, other other zero knowledge uh, solutions and companies that will use like arcane and weird and you know all sorts of of uh, like uh, you know maybe cutting edge but really really complicated programming language that developers have to learn in order to deploy zero knowledge. Like here, it's TypeScript. It's like JavaScript. It's like based on these like you know, over 20 years of, you know, all the ecosystem that JavaScript enables is like available to those developers and they don't even need to learn a new language in order to do that. So we made it extremely accessible for people to to, to just build, you know, privacy preserving applications. And so I think that's the, that's the, uh, I like to call it like the, 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 the Cambrian explosion. Okay. Like the, this moment in time, like uh, at least that's my what I hope is going to happen. That that as we as we as we like fully launch the all the ecosystem programs like next year, 
with this like very accessible technology, we're just going to see an explosion of many, many different applications building and businesses building on top of Mina and basically like exploring and discovering all the different use cases for privacy. And, and I think, I think it's really important to, you know, we, we all talking about, we all, we all care about privacy. Okay. I think we all know what's, what's going on and like how, how disenfranchised I think each of us feels, you know, about, about their data. We know it, not just tax, but just like how companies just use, uh, you know, they crawl and they steal more and more and more on your privacy and you see more and more how how governments are are using this this information to to control you and and um and I think it's not just about being defensive about privacy. It's like let's be like a bit offensive about privacy. Like let's think what happens in what's possible in a world where you know your your privacy is guaranteed. Okay, like so I think this is a world like like and, and it's hard to shift that perspective, but you know. I think a world where, um, you know, you can vote or you can voice your opinion without fearing censorship. Okay, a world where um, you can expose, you can be a whistleblower, you can expose corruption, or you can be, or, or even take example of like the millions of people who are die every year working in construction sites around the world. Okay, and and they can't really whistleblow because they can't guarantee their privacy. Like they care about their job and about their family. But what if, what if you could guarantee it? You know, what, what if exposing corruption uh, is something that's easy? Okay. And, and, and safe. Uh, or what if like a lot of problems that people have that are associated with some kind of a social shame, you know, are, you make you say like, like, like addiction, Okay, or sexual disease, or um, mental mental issues, like all these things, because people are so, you know, don't want that to be broadcasted into the world. They have these problems that they have very limited access to to resources. You know, what if I, what if I was addicted? Like, what if I was dealing with addiction, but instead of having to just one supplier that I that you know one one provider that can help me, like, you know, get over it. You know, I could broadcast this need over a large network of suppliers that can compete and offer me different services because I'm not afraid that my identity is going to be revealed. Okay. Or what can happen if the world has a global system for voting that guarantees your privacy, that you can vote? You know, remember these images? I don't know if you're following the Ukraine war, but like these images of, uh, you know, the annex parts of Ukraine where. Russian troops are like, okay, you know, you go and vote. <laughs> yeah. Like cast your vote here. And, and like the person is like, hmm, <laughs> I wonder what happens if I vote against being annexed. Uh, you know, so that kind of stuff or, you know, a lot of countries right now are like pseudo democracies and even current democracies, even in the US, like the, the you know, the, the integrity of, of democracy is just being constantly like challenged. And, you know, we can prove with math, you know, that, that your vote is, that you are a real person, you know, that your vote has been casted correctly. And it, it's, you know, and, and it's, and that we maintain your privacy. And we can make it globally available. Okay? We, we, you know, we can make every, every human on the planet could have 
a fair right, you know, to, to, to have a voice. And so, you know, these kind of things are kind of moonshots, but they're possible, you know, uh, they're, they're getting unlocked with this technology. So going through this, it's very apparent that privacy <laughs> is, is, is very uh, important in, in, your, in your passion about it. And with you being part of the ecosystem and, and building that up, how would you say the community is receiving Mina and, and, and what, are the, what are the conversations around privacy within the community that you see? Yeah, I think people are pretty much all in about it. And, you know, I think that's what really excites them about, about Mina. We think just like a whole wave of, a whole, a whole wave of, of developers that are really excited about it. It's, it's like, you know, you, you get all sorts of flavors, you know, it, some people are, are really attracted to, to the vision and use cases. I think there's like a lot of people are just like the like zero knowledge geeks, you know, they're just like, like so happy to see that technology moving to the next stage after being a bit in the background for many years and, and just want to learn and understand and, and, you know, I have a lot of technical questions about it and uh, what's its limits, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's basically like, um, so I think a lot of the dialogues are like, what's the use cases and like, how can I use this technology? You know, I think the, yeah. the, the, the majority of conversations. So just to jump backwards for a second, one of the things that you went and studied and, and got a lot of information on was around governance and being able to work on one of the first you know DAOs that was out there. Uh, us living in a Web3 world, most communities and companies are, are decentralized. How important do you think governance will, is and will continue to evolve as more and more DAOs are being introduced and, and as DAOs potentially evolve over time? That's a great question. I think, personally, I think that kind of like most of the world, the problems we see in the world right now, like the big challenges of the 21st century are around governance. Okay, when you think about climate change or finance, okay, or, uh, or, or even like, you know, the current like wars and conflicts, these are all questions of governance. These are all questions of like, how is actually humanity coordinating our actions, uh, you know, in, in a good way? And are we doing a good job? Like, cause doesn't seem, doesn't seem like it, you know, like, have we handled COVID in a really great way? Or what, were we very fragmented, you know, and not thinking about the greater good uh, to resolve these kind of issues? So I think it's like governance is the, they're really like basic DNA, okay, of, of a lot of these problems that needs to be, and, and we must, we must explore uh, new ways of governance, you know, and, and, and validate them and evolve them over time and do this fast because, you know, because the clock is ticking and, and there is a, there's a lot at stake, you know, for our planet in general. And I think, I think with DAOs, the, I think what's really fascinating with them and the, the reason I'm like, first of all, I, I, uh, 
not not really a big lover of the term DAO because I think it's been so misused and abused and that that it almost like detracts from the conversation. But um, I think that the essence is incentives. Okay, so you know you can come to you can come to a lot of different organizations and group and says, hey, I have a bunch of like interesting methods for you, how to how to communicate and coordinate and use collaboration platforms and like blah blah blah. And like, you know, in order to to become better, more coordinated and more representative, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, the king is the incentive. Okay, like if you look at any organization, any any state, any country, any any system, what's the backbone of the system? It's like the incentive design behind it. Okay, it's like it's like because everybody aligns themselves around that. So think about traditional organizations that are hierarchical in nature. You know, like whether it's your school or uh, you know your job in a big corporation, or if you're in the military, or in university, or you know, in your government, you know, all, all these places, they have a very basic incentive system where your goal as an employee or a member is to please your boss, right? It's either to please your boss or you can collaborate with your immediate colleagues uh, because you're all work because you're all working together to please your boss. So you're, you know, and 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 so so everything aligns around that. But then you have this crazy crazy miscoordination and lost opportunities, you know, like, like I've seen so many stories, you know, put aside like the, the trillions of dollars lost in like knowledge transfer between departments, you know, for international companies and stuff like that. But also like, even in research, you know, you see PhD students that are working really hard on a problem and the person that can unlock their, the issue they have, that have the expertise, lives right, right above them. Like if you fit one floor above them, but they've never been to that floor. You know why? Because they're they're more focused on pleasing their boss, right? Than 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 the the actual solving of the problem, and that's like an incentive design issue. And DAOs and tokens really introduce this uh, our ability to to architect uh, better incentive systems. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of DAOs are just replicating the existing structures rather than like fully experimenting, but definitely there's a few, you know, I definitely seen in my own eyes uh, when that when you start to incentivize people to to collaborate or work together to solve challenges rather than like try to please your boss, you see uh, an explosion of creativity and innovation. People are liberated. You know, it's it's a very, and you know, so I, I, I see a lot of responsibility in, in my role and, you know, to, to, to keep pushing the edges of what's possible and in how we, how we organize, you know, to, to energize each other, be, be creative and be, uh, be coordinated. Yeah. I, I think you brought up a lot of really good points. Um, and, and the one that I want to harp on is, is just the amount of creativity and innovation, uh, that incentives within Dallas can provide by having a common area, but then also presenting an issue and then saying like, Hey, we have this in reserves and whoever can come up with your creative plan to go in that. And we vote on that. Then we can take that approach that allows for people to present a lot of ideas and then not just ideas, but a pathway to solving it 
along with it, which I think is was really cool and something I've been observing with a lot of different DAO communities. So uh, again, appreciate you sharing that. But within the MENA uh, protocol and in, in the foundation, there's a lot of places you can go to get more information. You can go to MENAprotocol.com. But what are other ways that people can learn more about what, you, what y'all have going on and get more involved in your community? Yeah, we currently have this, uh, so we, we launched like, you know, talking about all these incentives and like go and do and innovate and create and be part of this, uh, you know, pushing the edge. So uh, we just launched uh, what we call ZK Ignite Zero. Okay, this is a, so this is a, a program that's going to continue next year in very surprising and cool ways. Like if you want to be on the, on the bottom floor, like being an early adopter of this and kind of be part of, take part of like, almost like leading this, like co-leading this movement with us. So you should register to participate in it. Uh, it's pretty much developer-centric right now, but also people that are like entrepreneurial-minded or, or design-minded are welcome to join. So if you go, yeah, I don't know how to share like a long URL, but if you go to the... To Mina, to Mina Protocols Twitter or website, there's like a link for joining the ZK Ignite Core Zero. And I can, I don't know if there's a chat here, but we can, uh, we'll make sure to leave in the for show registering. notes. So just people are aware. I don't know if, how you can share it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to share it in the sh- uh, show notes. Awesome. And then um, just as we wrap up here, I always like to finish with a couple of fun. Uh, questions. Uh, the first is with all the information you now have uh, with your years of experience in the Web3 space, if you could go impart one or two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first got started, what would you tell yourself? Uh, wow. Okay. I think that's a great question. I need to reflect on that. But uh, um, I think if there's some things that come to mind is first of all, like it's okay to not know, okay? It's, it's okay to be vulnerable and like, you know, there's so many things, so much information. I think we're all like a bit of information fatigued, right? From all that, everything changes all the time. And like, you know, you need to read down and there's like scientific papers and this and that. It's like, it's okay to, to say you don't know. You don't have to pretend you don't know. And people appreciate if you're really authentic. So don't, don't, don't 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 worry about being a, a poser, right? I think I think uh, that everybody in the industry understands like the challenges and that there is a learning curve. And you know, find yourself in a place that's not toxic, that people can help you support and grow your learning and understanding, rather than like everybody's trying to pretend they're no better than everybody else. And we see how where where that goes. Okay, like there's many examples of, of this vanity where it goes. Uh, so find the right the right people you can be real with and don't, don't, don't fall after, after hype. And um, maybe yeah. I, I just leave it at that because I think it's a pretty I, good. I think those are two really good um, things to reflect on um, and a good reminder for a lot of people of, of being in an environment that helps you be the best version of yourself um, and, and uplifts you to, to, to keep aspiring to that, to that next phase of what you're either trying to build towards or, or grow towards. So definitely appreciate that door. But as we wrap up here, what is a final thought for all the listeners here today? I would say like, you know, can we start 
to think together about a world where privacy is a first-class citizen and is a first-class concern and like how this world is going to look like and uh, how do we want to take part in shaping it. I think for me that's the that's really the the main provocation I, I have, you know, how do we switch from a defensive approach where we're just trying to say, you know, just like prevent giant forces to eating into our privacy, into actually having a, a vision of a, a privacy first world and, and what the potential that lies in it. For sure. I think that is a good final thought. As it relates to privacy, we still have a long way to go, but I think zero knowledge proof helps us solve a lot of the challenges that we're currently facing. And I think there's already a path to having it be part of our everyday life as we head into the future. And it sounds like Mina are taking the first steps to try to make that a reality. So as a reminder for everyone listening, make sure you go check them out at minaprotocol.com. Make sure you go and participate um, if you want to be one of these first people um, who are doing some really cool things with the ZK Ignite. We'll make sure to share that in the, in the show notes with you. And Dor, just want to say again, thank you so much for being on the show. And as always, for everyone listening, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Pirate M, who said, This podcast is great. I didn't know that much about cryptocurrency before I started listening, but now I feel great. The topics covered and guests are all fantastic. Additionally, the information is easy to understand, even if you aren't that well-versed because of how entertaining the whole show is. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews, and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today you'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. 
Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com.